This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter, and this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Obsessive Viewer, where a weekly movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show, each episode. You can find back episodes at ovpodcast.com, find the blog at obsessiveviewer.com, and you can like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash theobsessiveviewer. And of course, this episode's sponsor this week is Horror Movie Yearbook from the Midwest Podcast Network of Podcasts. You can find them at HM Yearbook on Twitter and at HorrorMovieYearbook.com. They're a podcast that takes a um, takes a look at horror movies based on the year that they were released. They take a few from each year and compare and contrast them. Uh, they review them and compare and contrast them against the pop culture and current events of that year with some fun games in between each one or each uh, segment. So it's a lot of fun. Check them out at HM Yearbook on Twitter and at HorrorMovieYearbook.com. And um, let's see. Uh, so this week's episode is we're talking about Spider-Man Homecoming, and it's just me with frequent, frequent, frequent guest, Mr. Robert Feckes. How's it going? It is going well. N- nice. It, it, <laughs> it kind of felt like you were about to follow that up with something. How are you? Oh, good. I'm doing well. I started working from home today. Yeah, we had that conversation. We did, and it's so awesome. It was so cool because I was like, I was sitting in my chair, and I was like, I was like, I had like my blanket, and I was like, I was cold, and I was like, no, nah, I was comfortable, and my cat was. Are there. you gonna miss your awesome. interactions with coworkers? Not really. Did you not have any coworkers that you like? I did. To? I did, and I like all my coworkers. Um, but I mean, we have like a messaging system, so I can just type. I can instant message them all day. Not the same. Eh, Not the same. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sure that if you could police the town, um, from the comforts of your of your home, that would that doesn't translate. This sounds sounds awful. Yeah. Sounds terrible. Well. Yeah. I like I I like getting out and about and doing doing things at my job that's that's fair i think the thing with me is that since i work in a call center it's like it's not like i'm just sitting here in my apartment doing mundane activities or anything it's like i'm in like in i'm in my apartment and each call is different right. and it's it's a variety yeah, i mean thing. i couldn't sit in my house and like yell at people over the security camera hey hey right. don't don't stab <laughs> don't quit stabbing him right <laughs> um, but no, it's, uh, it's exciting. It was a good first day. I do have a small anecdote that I want to share that is really stupid, but, um, I was thinking about it like a, um, okay. So there's some, some conflicting, um, some conflicting theories on this. So on one hand, um, I consider my cat pizza roll to be my secretary since I'm working from home. <laughs> of course you do. Yeah. Um, other people seem to think that I would be her secretary, which I mean, I can, is a little bit more. Um, you do get her, her food and clean up after I, her. I do. I do. And she is the boss of me cause she is a cat. Um, and cats are just better than human beings. Um, do you what agree? about Scar? <laughs> Let's let's not get into that. Let's okay, let's saying. not. You know, that's like saying like, oh, you know, humans are great. Oh, what about Hitler? Um, you know, that's that's just. Are not you comparing fair. Scar to Hitler? I feel like that's. I mean, pretty harsh I, to Scar. I'm He's not a say, great guy, but he well, didn't he didn't like exterminate the lions. 
I mean, just one. Maybe he just didn't have. I mean, given free reign of it, maybe he could have. Maybe. But anyway, um, this is going way too far. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So anyway, um, my theory is that uh, pizza is like I was sitting there thinking about it, and every time I get a call in my head, I I. I'm not going to say what I imagine her to say because then that would mean people would stop listening forever and I'd be committed. But I like to, <laughs> I like to imagine that my cat has no concept of like work or anything, obviously, in that this is a stretch, but it would be funny if like she just considers like what I'm doing when I work to be since it's a call center, just being like, Oh, my dad started a new, a human. My dad, I'm I'm her dad. Anyway, uh, started a new a new podcast about life insurance. I'm probably going to cut all that out. Anyway, <laughs> think Pete will yeah. get tired of you. Like Jesus, don't you have some place to be? I was super excited because I thought like, oh, it's going to be great because you know I'm going to hang out with my cat all day. And now she slept under the bed all day. She's you know she's just like her dad. <laughs> but um, sleep underneath the bed. Uh, no, but it's I, eh, I don't poke holes in my sorry. Mm-hmm comments there um you're I wasn't judging if no. you did oh, no, no, no. i mean you know you know yeah you know but anyway um yeah so uh but there were a few times later in the day where i was you know i was talking to a customer on on the phone and petting pizza roll they had no idea so it's, i'm shocked that you did not tell them i it's it's really hard to keep myself from like saying like oh my little pizza roll you're so pretty and saying <laughs> all my stupid cat owner shit um so that's gonna going to be a struggle anyway um so yeah so we're here today to talk about spider-man homecoming uh first i have some news and and housekeeping to go through and um we're gonna talk a little bit about it i i guess i didn't really get anything really um uh prepped for it but we were talking a little bit before the recording so i think we're going to dive into those but first i want to mention that uh we had our indie popcorn time uh, last weekend, uh, or the weekend before last of this recording, as of this recording, uh, I haven't posted the episodes yet. Um, I've been super behind and everything, but I will get those posted. Um, and you will have already heard them by this point. But anyway, I just want to mention to, uh, to all of the people that we talked to at Indie PopCon and Justin, uh, from Movie Buff, like, uh, just say thank you to everyone and, and how awesome it was. We got a very nice, uh, shout out on the Not About the Weather podcast from Hypable. Um, and it was it was super nice because they were all like, oh yeah, we talk to Matt all the time, and he's like so nice. And I was like, oh, that's that's so nice. I'm I'm I, I thought it, I thought it was nice. Nice. Yep. Anyway, um, let's see. So check them out at notaboutTheWeatherPodcast.com, I think is their website. But check them out at NATW Podcast on Twitter. And uh, and yeah, I think I'm gonna get um, Karen from that podcast onto obsessive viewer for an episode so look out for that so feckus um what did you think of indie popcorn since i gave you a free ticket man you caught me on a on a after a rough week i really Mm -hmm. wanted to come and i just i woke up that day went to the gym came home and Mm -hmm. i was like i don't feel like moving yeah that's fair i came off of a a weekend of uh shenanigans in cincinnati mm-hmm. with my brother nice before that was the weekend in vegas uh which 
is also an exhausting endeavor if you've mm-hmm. ever been to Vegas with me. True. So true. I just I felt like I needed to to rest. That's I'm, fair. I, I'm sorry. I no, it's it's fine. Um, that day, like that first day at PopCon, we ran into a super famous person from a TV show that you that you like. I can't think. I was just making a joke because of Craig Robinson. Oh, um, I was yeah. like, who did you run into? No. How come I did not hear about this? <laughs> no, no. But no, that that's that's fine. And it's funny because you were in Cincinnati, I think, because I was stalking you on Facebook. I think that you uh, were well, – did you go to a – you went to a baseball game? Yeah, me and yeah. my brother went to Cincinnati for uh, two baseball games. Okay. One of those baseball games, um, our very own Mike White – was at really yes so the universe i know yeah i i should have facilitated that a little bit and been like hey guys you know talk to one another but anyway so funny um, funny little story about the the craig robinson uh, yeah so tell tell our listeners what happened with with vegas and and craig robinson well the the within being in vegas for about two hours uh we land and we meet up with Matt's brother, Ray, who Mm -hmm. had arrived several hours before me. So me and my wife and Ray and Ray's girlfriend are walking through the casino, Mm -hmm. uh, getting a drink since we just landed. And that's, that's how we do. Mm -hmm. And Kelsey, Ray's, uh, significant other says, yeah. So Ray thinks he saw, uh, (laughs) Daryl from the office. Mm -hmm. And I go, well, you mean Craig Robinson? And she goes, yeah, he thinks, that he saw Craig Robinson and Ray is adamant. I saw Craig Robinson. I don't know why, <laughs> why don't, why don't, why you don't believe me. So mm-hmm. I think I, I'm more on, inclined to believe Ray because why would Ray lie about that? So, but anyway, sure. so we're walking through the casino and we're just kind of taking in the, uh, the, the, the ground floor and it's mm-hmm. a beautiful casino. So it's a lot for us to see. And all of a sudden Ray goes, see, I told you and points at a blackjack <laughs> table. And sure enough, sitting at that black cha- blackjack table is Craig Robinson. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm, I'm nothing. I, I was just going to say, I'm so glad you said pointing at a blackjack table. <laughs> and like, oh. I'm, I'm so at the end of that was blackjack table, but go ahead. So at this point, I'm like, well, fuck it. How many times in my life am I going to have a chance yeah. to sit and, and gamble with Craig Robinson? Mm-hmm. So I, I get, stash a cash out sitting mm-hmm. down at the table with uh craig robinson and two of his uh i think they're part of a his like band group oh okay and okay. uh this little asian girl that was mm-hmm. sitting next uh next to me so we're playing a ten dollar table in uh, the mirage shooting the shit with craig robinson super Jeez. nice guy i don't let i don't say anything because you know i don't want to make it weird mm-hmm so, uh, after about 20 minutes, um, they get up and as he's leaving, I just say, Hey, Mr. Robinson, just want you to know I'm a fan. I enjoy your work. And he's nice. very, he's very appreciative. He's like, he mm-hmm. says, you know, thank you. Well, I, my original plan was not to harass him for a picture. Mm-hmm. Well, the Asian girl next to me had different plans. She bolted up and oh. ran over to him and was like, can I get a picture? Can I get a picture? Oh. And he could not have been cooler about the whole thing. He was like, absolutely no problem. And after I saw that, I was like, well, screw it. I might as well. So I went and asked him and asked him for a picture. And again, he was super cool. But he was like, oh man, no, no problem. Well, the funny part about this part of the story is after I get my picture with, uh, Craig. Oh no. Uh, Ray, Matt's brother decides to be super awkward about the entire situation. 
uh, man, I just, I just want you to know you're looking good. I feel like you've lost a lot of weight. You're looking, man, you're looking like really good and like trimmed down. And I'm just looking and Craig's got this look on his face. It's just like, yeah, God. thanks, man. God um, damn it. Thanks. Ray. I, I gotta go. So, <laughs> so leave it to for Ray her to make it super awkward. I was wondering why I got a picture of you with Craig Robinson and not a picture of Ray with Craig yeah. Robinson. I thought that was interesting. So the the other <laughs> funny part about this story is um, God, Ray. we were we were in Vegas for a few days mm-hmm. or four days, and a buddy of mine after like the third day sends me a uh, a screenshot of an Instagram photo in mm-hmm. Broad Ripple. Craig okay. Robinson was in Broad Ripple. Wait, what? Yeah, he was in Broad Ripple at a. Apparently, there's a dueling piano bar in Broad Ripple. Wow. And, and Craig Robinson was there, had hijacked the piano, and was playing <laughs> songs on it. Wow. So, <laughs> it's hilarious that That's I meet amazing. Craig Robinson in Vegas, and then he goes back to my hometown. Right. So I, I imagine he was probably doing like a show at Crackers or something like sure. that. I, I don't know for sure, but I just thought it was funny that. He was like, well, I'm going to go to Naples now. That's awesome. Yeah, so. Nice. My little famous story. Super nice guy. Couldn't have been, uh, it's always pleasant to Mm. meet a celebrity and have them actually be genuinely cool guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, and you know, he he looks good. He looks like he's slimmed down. Yeah, he's slimmed down. (laughs) Looks like he's worked out a lot. (laughs) Fucking Ray. God damn it. Uh, Well, it's good that at least, you know. Well, he is a hurt. He is a hurt. So it's good that we had some... There was some hurt awkwardness there, right? Um, since I couldn't make it this time, but yeah, uh, so that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Um, I'm glad that you. I'm sure that you mentioned like, oh yeah, I'm a guest on this podcast frequently. As a viewer, check yeah, because that wouldn't have been weird at all. No, well, no. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it couldn't have been worse than Ray. <laughs> You're right. Like, it cannot have been worse than Ray. He set the bar pretty low. But uh but yeah, okay, well that's cool. I'm I'm glad that you uh that you had that experience. It was neat. Yeah. Um so let's see. Uh we have a couple of news things that I want to bring up. Um first of all, it's this is stuff that we talked about a little bit before, but you had not known this, but the uh shocking and uh really, really um says a lot about what I'm sure the quality of the movie is going to be, but uh, Dunkirk is only like an hour and 45 <laughs> minutes. Uh, how do you? Th- what do you think of that? There, well, <laughs> I, I see where you're leading into it. There, there, there is a huge difference between the time uh, time frames of these two movies. Is there? There, there is. Okay. And, and, and this is why. Go ahead. First of all, Matt's leading into the fact that I made a <laughs> a derogatory comment about the dark tower being only 95 minutes long sure here here's the difference (laughs) dunkirk's a movie about a historical event one historical event that happens over the course of a few days okay Mm -hmm. and uh, and it it, to me it's surprising that it's short because christopher nolan's last uh few forays into uh the cinematics have been very pretty long Mm -hmm. which i so i expected dunkirk to be three hours or close to I'm not obviously I'm not bothered by Dunkirk being an hour and 45 minutes. The, the problem with the Dark Tower, and this, again, this is coming from somebody that's not a, not read into it. Right. Uh, I've read the one book. Matt has told me that it encompasses two, maybe three uh, books it, of the story. I'll and correct s- you, but go ahead. Okay, well, more than one book. 
Am I wrong? Uh, so it's a unique situation. What it is is that it is ta- it's pulling from different books in the series in this first movie. So it's it's not a direct adaptation of the first book in the series. Rather, it's um it's pulling from uh, the director actually did an AMA today where he said that it's pulling from the first and third book more specifically, more closely. But it's pulling from other things in the book. So it's kind of rounding out the rounding out the story to have an introductory thing for audiences um, for the series. Long and short, though, is there's a lot in this series of Mm -hmm. books, correct? Like, it is a very detailed, Mm -hmm. long-written story. Mm -hmm. And your introduction is the length of X-Men The Last Stand. Okay. That's true, but... Please don't put that evil on me. <laughs> um, I'm just yeah. that just seems like such a short. It is. We're gonna we're gonna make this quick, and mm-hmm. I to me that does not bode well for the film being of high quality. Right, and and I totally see where you're coming from with that, and I totally understand that response. And this is my fanboy rationalization <laughs> that is going to either be uh, accurate here in a couple weeks. God, it's it's a couple weeks. That's amazing. Um, here in a couple weeks, or I'm gonna look like a complete idiot. Um, no, you, you're not gonna be a complete idiot for having no. a, a a passion for something. I mean, right? Um, no more than I would look like an idiot for being excited for Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows, that god awful piece of turd. Right. Right. Sure, sure. So my rationale for it is that The Dark Tower, the movie The Dark Tower that comes out in a couple of weeks, and I just peed a little, um, <laughs> is it is the introduction. They have every intention of making this a franchise if if possible. They've talked about how they're going to um, kind of follow what Ron Howard had um pitched or what Ron Howard had worked on back in 2011, I believe, uh, to have companion TV series um, in between each movie and how they want to have just a full franchise. The director did an AMA today where he said that um, they have every intention of if they have the opportunity, they're going to make a complete franchise out of it. And by the time they're done with it, there's not going to be anything in the books that they've left untouched. Um, That was his statement in the AMA. So my rationale for the 95 minute runtime for the dark tower movie is first of all, I firmly believe based on the trailers and everything that I've read and everything that this movie is going to follow structurally and narratively a lot more closer to the first book in the series than what, than anything else really. So the first book in the series is the gunslinger. It's about, it's about uh, the gunslinger and Jake and the man in black. It's about those three. It's how gunslingers chasing after the man in black. That's the the whole the entire series begins with the man in black fled across the desert and the gun, gunslinger followed. So the first book is about that. And what they're doing in this movie is that they're basically what I believe is happening is they're going to essentially take the structure of that first book and adapt that but then put in different different things throughout the rest of the series like the a lot of the uh Jake stuff comes from book 3 and um a lot of the characters and and uh some of the imagery comes from later in the series when the mythology is more fleshed out so what they're doing is they're going to create this movie 
that is mostly the first book, mostly an adaptation of the first book, while also being incorporating a lot of the mythology from the rest of the series. So, having said that, um, this movie being 95 minutes long is not a big concern to me because A, The Gunslinger is the shortest book in the series. It's like 223 pages. Um, and it's pretty, pretty brisk. It's pretty, it's a, it's a good introduction to the series as a whole. And, um, I just think that that's going to be what they're going for with this first movie. And then essentially what they're doing is easing in a mass audience to this world and without, without overwhelming them with mythology and everything. Like there's a lot, there's going to be a lot about, um, different aspects of the, of the series incorporated into it. But I mean, if you have, if you have people who have never read the books, go into the movie, go into say a two and a half or three hour movie where they're talking about, uh, multiple universes and thinnies and cotets and kef and, and like throwing all of this terminology at people and all of these different mythologies and, or the, the different lore of the series at them in a two and a half hour, three hour movie, it can be a little cumbersome for them to latch onto it. So I'm thinking that my retort yeah. to that would Go be ahead. fellowship of the ring. Am I, <laughs> Hmm. Let me see if I can have a retort to that as well. <laughs> oh, my retort to that is, um, Dark Tower is like a fifty million dollar movie. Like it's pretty, it's pretty low I'm, I'm budget. I'm just saying yeah. that it's it's not a killer to a movie to throw a ton of mythology at the viewer mm-hmm. uh, and still have it land. And that's that's fair because that's I, fair. I, before before Fellowship, I I knew nothing of mm-hmm. the Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. and then I went and saw Fellowship and immersed myself immediately. So. And I was kind of the same way. And, and I think that part of that, man, that would have been such a good, I would have loved it for the Dark Tower to be adapted the way I wanted it to adapt it. But this is going to be bad. Peter Jackson wasn't a huge Dark Tower fan. Well, and I'm fine with, with Nikolai Arcel doing it, judging from, judging from what I've read and everything, because he seems like he's a massive Stephen King fan. And yes, the Dark Tower is, is partially inspired by Stephen King, like kind of, it's kind of his Lord of the Rings in in terms of just a, a all encompassing big quest story. Um, but also like Lord of the Rings had, um, much longer to live and breathe, like in terms of like, be like it, it was a lot more popular than the dark tower in terms of, uh, in terms of literature. And even though, not a t- I, I wouldn't know. Really? Uh, oh. Well, like, I, I know, well, I mean, The Lord of the Rings, I guess, has been around for 60-some-odd years, so I guess. Right. I, so I'll about get, twice yeah, as long, um, people read it in school. <laughs> it's been previously... I read Gunslinger in school. As an assignment? Uh-huh. Oh. Yes. Well. College. It was, oh, okay. it was college. That's it, right. You said that. That's right. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, high school, people yeah. read The Hobbit and stuff. It's, I mean, it's, you know... I see the comparison, but I still think that the 95-minute runtime for Dark Tower isn't that big of a concern. Fair enough. If anything, it's just going to mean that I'm going to get to see it more times <laughs> in the theater. 
<laughs> their first weekend box office is going to be Matt Hurt. Uh, I know, right? Like, I can, I, it's just, I don't even remember if I mentioned this in the... You could be, like, buying tickets for people outside of the theater. What are you here to go see? <laughs> I'm here to go see uh, The House. Oh, oh, no. You're going to want to go see this. Right. It's, it's much shorter than that Will Ferrell movie anyway. Here, I'll buy your ticket for you. I'll just each Each screening I go to will be two tickets, just so I can, you know... Just have like just give twice as much money to it as I as I would have previously. Um, yeah, I say and, that, but I'm broke this week, so I can't even buy my ticket yet. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I have every intention of seeing it at least a couple times, probably three times. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and yeah, hopefully it's good. Hopefully it's worth seeing it three times. But I saw Interstellar twice, so I should at least see. <laughs> The Dark Tower. You're in a minority of that movie. I'm just saying. I I know I am, and I hope that I'm not uh, in the minority. I hope. First of all, I I just I hope the Dark Tower is good. I I believe I will enjoy it regardless. I'm not going to get hung up on the different changes that they make or the skin color of characters or anything. But I know why Jake has to be white. I know, right? <laughs> but. Uh, and I'm not going to get hung up on that or anything. I'm just excited that the thing, thing that I love is going to have a movie. And I'm just excited that, you know, if it doesn't do well, at least it's going to bring people to read the books. And that yeah. it probably will do. Yep. Yep. Right. Anyway, so, we're, we're anyway, doing a movie today. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so you are going to see the Dark Tower, though, right? Yeah, of course. I'll see it. Opening weekend? Probably. Okay. If, if I have please, the chance. Please. I mean, it needs all the money. <laughs> I'm going to see it. Okay. If for nothing else, I I love Idris Elba. So mm-hmm. it just it was a little disconcerting to me because uh, when I looked up the uh, tickets and everything, it looked like they had it in one of the smaller auditoriums, <laughs> like one of the smaller theaters, which makes me a little yeah yeah. But on the other hand, it's a fairly low budget movie, so it doesn't need that much to to be a hit and it's got that it's got hey come that. on do it be positive all right yeah yeah no nah, it'll be good it'll be good it'll be cool you know idris idris is, is idris is gonna be good anyway uh <clears throat> sorry i started to cry a little bit but <laughs> not not really so anyway um yeah that's enough at least I didn't crap. make him a woman like the new doctor, <laughs> right? Am I right? <laughs> okay, let's let's talk about that for a second. Uh, Jodie Whittaker was announced as the thirteenth Doctor. I haven't watched any of Peter Capaldi's Doctor Who uh, episodes yet, but I really want to get back into Doctor Who because I was a huge fan of What's it. That? Is that Hulu? Or- uh, that BBC. I, I know it's BBC. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> Amazon What's Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Gotcha. Yeah, you aren't a big. Doctor Who fan or have you? I've never seen it. You've never Doctor seen Doctor Who. I, okay. I, I've just been following the ridiculous yeah. internet morons just because of reasons. I I haven't I haven't actually seen the backlash. Oh, I have. It's and it's the same thing. It's like, oh, why are we always bowing to PC culture? All this silly nonsense and so stupid. And, I, and anymore, I just watch. I, I read it for entertainment's sake. Because, sure, you know the. The internet is such a harbor for mm-hmm. 
the breeding of ignorance anymore. Yep. You just can't even take it seriously. You know yeah. that whatever casting is going to be made, if it's if it mm-hmm. deviates a little bit, there's going to be some jackass out there that's going to make it an issue. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't. He, what do you mean? He's he's tanner than than me. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So. It um. It's annoying, and it's not even worth like really putting that much effort into it's, discussing. It's, you know, but, it's really not even worth discussing. Yeah. People are stupid. They're going to be stupid. Yeah. And I'm sure this actress will do a fine job. Mm-hmm. She was great in Attack the Block. She was. So I'm I'm sure, not even being a Doctor Who fan, maybe I'll even yeah. watch it to support. Nice. But yeah, I just it, I'm I'm tired of I'm tired of the internet. I really me am. too. I'm, me I'm, too. So. Me too. Speaking as, not to go back to it, but speaking as a Dark Tower fan, <laughs> yes, I'm tired of the internet. But uh, a couple quick points about Jodie Whittaker. One, I'm excited for that because, like you said, she was great in Attack the Block. She was also in um, Broadchurch. Um, she was, I think, I believe she played the mother of the kid that was killed in Broadchurch. That's the kind of the impetus of the entire series um and she was fantastic in that and also the showrunner of broadchurch is taking over as showrunner of doctor who so they have that that rapport going into this new batch of episodes in this new era of the of the show so i'm sure that it's not going to be like a it's not going to be like a stumbling block to kind of find the character um i'm hopeful that they'd be kind of coming out strong right out of the gate and then also um, <laughs> did you, did you see Miriam Webster's, uh, like, uh, reaction to the outcry and everything? No. <laughs> um, okay. So they tweeted, like, after all the backlash and everything, uh, they tweeted something just so perfect and so simple. It was something to the effect of, uh, and this is Miriam Webster. So this is like the dictionary, the dictionary people from the official Twitter account of them said, all it said was doctor, uh, doctor does not distinguish, uh, the word doctor does not, uh, have a distinguish of gender in the American language <laughs> or the English language. And I was like, that's, that's, that's pretty good. awesome. That's, that's great. Um, so yeah, so I'm excited for that. I think that's going to be after the Christmas special. So I think it's going to probably be early next is that year. The, is, is the Christmas special something that usually dictates the next season? Um, the last few, yeah, sort of, I think so. Mm, just um, I, I'm, yeah, it's been a while since I've really watched it, but I try to resist getting into more fandoms, but mm-hmm. part of me kind of wants to give Dr. Who a try. Not that I need anything I, else to watch. True. Um, I would be very interested to see what you would think of it because it just seems quirky and fun. It is, and, and that's exactly what it is. Like it is super. Like it is. It's it's really quirky and fun, as you said, and it's also like really clever. Like there's yeah. a lot of really clever kind well, of mind bending stuff. Yeah. Like I, if I if I were to, mm-hmm. I, I would not go as far back as the seventies stuff. I'd oh go, yeah, I'd yeah. Go to the I would start with new- Eccleston. The uh, new series. So. Yeah. Cause that's a great jumping on point. And also that first season and the first couple of seasons of the show, um, Russell T Davies was the showrunner for, well, uh, several seasons actually. I think the first four or five. Um, and his, like those, those episodes are really, um, <laughs> they're a lot more cheesy and there's a lot more like kind of, uh, uh, kind of goofy special effects and stuff like that. But then once Stephen Moffat takes over when, uh, I believe that's when Matt Smith was, became the, the 11th doctor. He, um, 
it's a lo- it's a lot more like like they get a lot more money yeah. <laughs> um and they can increase the production value and a lot of his scripts are very are very uh mind bendy and 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 stuff like that it's kind of to the ch- chagrin of some of the um to the uh of the fans but those early Stephen Moffat episodes are like really strong um but yeah I'd be very interested cuz it is it's one of those things that I could see like knowing you and knowing your taste I think that you would be into it um but it might be a little hard to get into it just because it is kind of goofy at the, at the beginning but it I is goofy. yeah but if if you're looking for something that is really all encompassing and not all encompassing uh, all encompassing but like very vast in in terms of its world and its mythology and everything like doctor who is a is a pretty pretty deep rabbit hole to jump into and it's it's all really pretty good Yep. I might. Depends. Yep. See if things go. So I recommend it. Every time they announce a new doctor, I think like I'm gonna go back and watch from the beginning from from uh Christopher Christopher Eccleston's run um and watch from the beginning. And part of that is because I want to because I just I love those episodes and I love everything that I've watched of it. But then the other hand is that like there's so much stuff to keep in like to juggle around and everything like so many different side side characters and stuff like that that there there's like recurring themes and recurring subplots and stuff like that but it's not it's not really that serialized or uh, to an extent I guess but there's so much there that I'm like I kind of need to start from the beginning again to to kind of get my bearings and and get reacclimated to to the world of Doctor Who before I watch any of the episodes I haven't seen yet but yeah, um, David Tennant is my doctor. Um, he, uh, he's my favorite. So, you know, at least I would say at least watch some of those episodes. I could give you a list of like starter episodes. I, I would, would probably watch. just start from the beginning, from oh, okay. the jumping on point. Gotcha. Oh, well, that's fine. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, small anecdote and then we can get into our Spider-Man review homecoming. Spider-Man Homecoming review. Um, <laughs> Homecoming Spider review, Homecoming man. Homecoming Spider review, man. Um, I do have a Funko Pop um, uh, TARDIS, the the blue phone box. I know. I yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, recently for my birthday, I got uh, Tommy Pickles from the, from Rugrats uh, as a pop figure. And then I just got like a, a follow-up birthday present um, that had shipped late for my friends. Uh, that was the Chucky. Uh, Chucky Finster. I saw those. Those were those were neat. I like them. Yeah. Oh, I I'm I'm so happy about that. But like, so naturally, I took my I took the TARDIS and I put Tommy like kind of at the doorway because Tommy is essentially a Time Lord. He's like always, he's got a screwdriver. He's got a screwdriver. He goes on adventures. He uh he kind of leads leads his companions on adventures and everything. And uh, I th- I want to say that the that the Rugrats writers actually kind of patterned, like it was, it's not, that's not a coincidence. Like he was like, okay, let's, you know, let's make <laughs> him kind of like, they were fans of Dr. Who. And it's like, Oh, let's make the baby kind of, kind of a time Lord. That's funny. Uh, yeah. Um, so it's cool. Cause like the actual Funko pop has like, he has a little screwdriver. And so like I had that. So like naturally I took pictures of Tommy and Chucky outside of the TARDIS and was like, Oh, uh, Time Lord Tommy has a companion. Naturally. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yep. Anyway, um, so that brings us around to our review. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No, I think okay. that uh, 
D- good. Dive right into this. Good, good. So you don't have any more shit to talk about the Dark Tower or anything? No, or no. You don't want to take the wind out of my sails anymore or anything? We'll just, just let the uh, movie speak for itself. Okay, we will, we will. Um, I'm just excited that you're going to get, you know, opening night tickets and everything. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, this week we are reviewing Spider-Man Homecoming. This is the... Sixth Spider-Man movie? Yes, this is since two thousand two. Yeah, Spider-Man, Spider-Man two, Spider-Man mm-hmm. three, Amazing mm-hmm. Spider-Man, and Amazing Spider-Man two. Yes, and then now Spider-Man Homecoming, and I want to just start off by saying that first of all, let's just give some background because, uh, like, who wouldn't know what this is? Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming is uh, the latest in the. Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's a, the first MCU movie that's a co-production of, of Marvel Studios and Sony. Like, it's kind of the... kind of amazing that it happened. Um, it really is. Yeah. With movie studios, it's mm-hmm. it's a downright miracle. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And uh, just to read the plot description from IMDb real quick, Spider-Man Homecoming... Um, <clears throat> Peter Parker, with the help of his mentor, Tony Stark, tries to balance his life as an ordinary high school student in New York City while fighting crime as his superhero alter ego, Spider-Man, when a new threat emerges. And running out of, you know, two hours and 13 minutes, that's a good runtime. No, it stars Tom Holland and Tony Tony Stark. It stars Tony Stark. (laughs) At this point, Robert Downey Jr. is essentially Tony Stark in my mind. Yeah, he pretty much is. Yeah, um... Yeah, so this is coming off of uh, Civil War. We got our introdu- introduction to Tom Holland's Spider-Man. And, uh, Spider-Man. 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 <laughs> and uh, also Michael Keaton plays Vulture in this movie. So, Fekus, before we get into our thoughts on the movie, um, what did you? What were your expectations going in after seeing, after seeing Spider-Man in Civil War? They were high. Uh, having seen Civil War, I was a huge fan of Tom Holland. I thought he uh, portrayed Peter Parker, especially young Peter Parker, perfectly. Mm-hmm. So when you couple that with a Spider-Man story and and Tony Stark, I think I was pumped. I, I mean, I, I had high expectations. I mean, any more a Marvel movie is going to have high expectation expectations from me, regardless. I was just, I sure. was happy to see a very comic book. Uh, accurate Spider-Man, and I knew if it's in the hands of Marvel Studios, it's they're they're going to be successful. So hi- high hopes I had. Nice, nice. Um, I had very high hopes as well. And in terms of, I haven't checked to see like what the box office was or anything like that. But I had I had very high hopes about it. And this is coming from someone who I. <sighs> Okay, so my my history with the franchise, and I guess we could have talked a little bit about this too, but um, loved loved Spider Man and Spider Man Two. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna step in right there. I okay. watched Spider Man Two uh, the day before Homecoming, mm-hmm. just kind of get the vibe back. Mm-hmm. I used to love that movie. It I <clears throat> I almost hated it rewatching it. It it doesn't <clears throat> it doesn't hold up that well. It's not a it, great movie. Yeah, the dialogue is cringeworthy mm-hmm. at times and yeah. this the story cuts in some pretty poor spots mm-hmm. there's scenes where you're just like what the like that right. cake scene what's a, 
Oh, the cake scene. Yeah, where the tenant, uh, the landlord's oh, yeah. daughter comes over with a piece of cake, and they have this really awkward cake eating scene. That's right. The the poetry part with him trying to recite. Oh yeah. You know what I like? I I I, I donated it to Goodwill. Oh really? Yeah, because I'll wow. never watch it again. I just yeah. I did not enjoy it. And, and see, that used to be the pinnacle for me of comic book movies. Same here. And I watched it maybe th- two, three years ago. Um, I rewatched it. And, like, it, it didn't age that well. Like, the special effects I thought were great and still. And I. I they're, they're not they're not bad. Like, yeah. I have no problems with the special effects. Yeah. I understand that special effects, you know, 12 years ago aren't sure. what they are today. Sure. But, like, uh, and, like, I like Doc Ock a lot. Um he gets and a little ham-fisted he, for me. He does. And I think that that's just, I mean, that it was an early 2000s comic book movie. Like, yeah. And, this, and you know what? The, I guess it didn't bother me originally, but Sam Raimi's horror influence yeah. bother, bugged the crap out of me this time. Mm-hmm. You know, especially the scene where they're in the operating room. And yeah. It's like every, every female's got a big, yeah! Right. Yeah. yeah. And he did do that a lot. Like, not, like, just having just like close-ups of like women screaming he like did that women. in all three of them yeah and i think that's that kind of felt a little bit sort of comic booky to me a little bit maybe nah. you're a much bigger comic book fan than i, am, I mean so. i guess i don't know i i almost find it found it patronizing to females sure. like every single female in a, in a tense situation is gonna hysterically just scream and sure and put her you know, hands on her cheeks. I, mm-hmm. Yeah. But I still enjoyed, I like when I, when they came out, I really loved the first two movies. Yeah, I did too. Um, third one we've talked about on the podcast before. I don't even want to th- know what I would think about. Well, I'm like, I didn't like it when oh, it yeah. came out. Now I'd, yeah. it'd probably make me want to burn the house down. Right. And, uh, What's interesting to me is like with the two amazing Spider-Man movies, I saw both of them in the theater. We reviewed the second one on the podcast. I I think that I was pretty favorable on the second one. I I think I was. Um but I think it was more like a oh this is the best Spider-Man movie since Spider-Man 2, but I I I liked know. the first Amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I thought that was a solid movie. Yeah. Uh Amazing Spider-Man 2. It's issues. I'd, I'd yeah. say middle of the road. Sure. And both of those movies are they're unique in that. Like I like I like Andrew Garfield. A yeah, lot. I thought he did a good job. Yeah. And uh, and uh, oh my god, why am I blanking on Gwen Stacy? Uh, Emma Stone. Emma Stone. There you go. Um, I remember in the Amazing Spider-Man two, really liking their chemistry a lot. I and um, I was actually impressed that they pulled the trigger on Gwen's death. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And amazing spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> right. But you know it had its, <laughs> they were they were trying too hard to set up that sinister six they were and yeah. it, that that bogged the film down absolutely uh, so. but the unique thing about it is that, like i I enjoyed those two movies enough, but haven't had an inkling to go back and revisit them at all i think i own i think I owned the first one on blu ray but I think I ended up giving it away i i um, I own them both and i I kind of have the desire to go back and rewatch the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Jamie Foxx got a little hammy in, in the second one too. Yeah. I, di- I didn't love that performance, but I, right. I, 
I want to say even now, if I were to watch it tomorrow, I would still come back and say the first one is a very solid uh, movie. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, so that brings us to Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, so I was super excited for it, crazy excited for it, actually. And, oh, hang on. Okay. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so uh, let's go ahead and give our overall thoughts and then, and then we'll dive into a more detailed review. We'll do a non-spoiler and then a spoiler review. Uh, so Fekus, what did you think of Spider-Man Homecoming? It was a lot of fun. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It pretty much met my expectations, maybe, maybe even exceeded it a bit. Uh, because I, I felt like, uh, as far as Marvel movies are concerned, this has been one of the stronger uh, villains for me. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Michael Keaton's performance. It, it was good. I, I, I ha- you know, I have very few criticisms about the movie, mm-hmm. but you know, it's funny. I, I kind of walked out of there, at, and while I thoroughly enjoyed it, you almost get, t- you almost expect these Marvel movies now to be pretty pretty good and it's yeah. almost getting to the point where it's boring sure I, I can... is, maybe is if my if my bubbles on the verge of bursting with comic movies i hope it's not mm-hmm. but I, I i will say that it was a very good movie i thoroughly enjoyed it but almost i hate to say it but i'm i'm starting to get a little bit bored with the superhero genre sure and i can you know i can respect that and i can understand that because this is Oh, I, I don't have offhand what number in the MCU this is. This is something like. It's in the teens. It's in the teens, yeah. Like something like. I, I almost want to say 16, but I'm just pulling that out of my ass. But like, it's in the teens and they started, uh, like what, nine years ago? Um, so yeah. it's just like we've had, we have had a ton of. These movies come out. It's and, been a very saturated market, and not just yeah. not just Marvel. I mean, every, right. every, everywhere, but Marvel and everyone that's trying to catch up to Marvel. And, and, and it's not it's not fair to put that critique on Spider Man because legit, I loved the movie. Like it was it was a really good movie. I mm-hmm. guess it's just kind of my personal exhaustion uh, with with the genre. So I'll try to keep that out of sure. my review. Uh, but no, it was. It was a great movie. Sure. And it is, it is the 16th in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, um, but yeah, um, my overall thoughts on it were that this was, it may be the most fun that I've had with a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, maybe since the Avengers. Um, oof, I, oof. Uh, Guardian, uh, Guardians, Guardians, Guardians. Guardians. I'm sorry, it, it, it no. was fun, but it's, it's yeah, it's no Guardians. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll I'll amend that because yeah, Guardians was a more fun experience, um, for me. But I think that this is the most fun that I've had with a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie since Guardians of the Galaxy, um, and it is it was just such a blast. Like, if you. Um, let's see, all of the superhero stuff and everything, that was solid, that was cool. Really loved, uh, how Spider-Man performed in, in the movie. And kind of the arc of Peter Parker and Spider-Man and how he's wrestling with, with wanting to be an Avenger and everything. I, I think that was um, probably one of the, like, we finally got a real teenage Peter Parker. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And it played perfectly. Yeah. And oh yeah. I am so glad mm-hmm. 
that we didn't have to suffer through another origin oh my God. portion. Yeah. You know, I was like, we all know the story. We all mm-hmm. know about the spider biting him. We all know that his uncle Ben, mm-hmm. uh, you know, was a racist and tried to stop this, you know, robbery because he was assuming this black man was going to get, no, nah, Jesus. <laughs> no, I, I, we all know the, the uncle Ben story. We all know the radioactive spider story. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad they, they didn't. And I love that they, like even even in Civil War, they kind of they hinted at or they like uh, I don't remember the exact line, but like when Tony is talking to Peter in Civil War, um, he says something and then and then Peter starts to tell the story and then he just cuts him off. It's like yeah. I don't care, whatever. Yeah. You're good. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Tony. Yeah, and it's kind of like similar in this movie because it's like they like there's a scene where. Uh, I think he's, I think Peter is talking to his friend and he's like, after everything, everything that Aunt May has gone through and everything, it's like, we don't need to know the specifics. Right. We know what, she, what he's talking about. And um, like the friend even makes a quip about, so you're bitten by the spider and Peter Brothers like, yeah. I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. It's like, did it hurt? It's like, no, it's like, it's like, yeah, it hurt or whatever. And then, uh, he's just like, uh, if I, if I get, could I get bit by it or whatever? And then he's like, eh, the spider's dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just thought, like, that's great. And it's great because that's, and it fits so well with the teenage Peter Parker, um, tone that, that it's going with. Cause it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, you're not going to have this like 15 year old kid doing a whole exposition dump. That's right. going to come across as super, like, re- like that's going to take you out of the it, movie. It's right. just it, so it would not be natural. Yeah. The, the, the chemistry between him and his buddy was fantastic. Oh my I loved God. his friend. He was so much fun. Me too. Uh, he was, so, I can't remember his name. Um, his, his actor, the actor's name, but yeah, that their dynamic throughout the whole movie, that was like, it was almost like a buddy movie. Yeah. And like, I was so happy to see that play out like with the buddy movie. Uh, it's a uh, Jacob, uh, battle on um i was so happy to see that kind of buddy aspect be so prominent in it because you would think from the trailers that it would be like oh you know tony mentoring peter and and them having their dynamic and everything which is prevalent throughout the movie but peter and ned are more are more the focal point of the yeah i uh, I was glad that tony stark didn't overtake the the movie me too, and I and like I, I enjoyed his bits. Yeah, they they, they came, they went, mm-hmm. uh, and but Tom, it was still Tom Holland's show. Yeah, so oh yeah, and Tom Holland, man, that that kid was amazing. Yeah, it, just it, fantastic. Yeah, he, he really knocked it out of the park. Yeah, um, and it just blows my mind. Like I was listening to him on the Nerdist, um. Like just his accent's so great. I like, can't believe we keep outsourcing all our superheroes. To, I know, right? To other countries. Yeah, God. And get Trump in on this, right? <laughs> Jesus. Um, it, it did break my heart though when Ned dropped the uh, Lego Death Star. Yeah, because <laughs> I know from personal experience how many hours that takes to mm-hmm. put together, and I know some poor set hand put <laughs> like spent. 15 hours putting Jeez. that together only for Ned to drop it on the ground. It broke my heart. Yeah. Cause if that were to happen to my Lego death star and I have a Lego death star, <laughs> I would be on the verge of murder. Yeah. That was one thing that I kind of wanted to point out and not to get all negative in the, in, in the review and everything this early and everything. But if I'm remembering correctly, like 
that was the same not like he mentioned to peter's like oh yeah i get the lego death star let's let's put it together and then whatever and then he's like okay well uh i have the stark internship so i can't but then ned's like okay well i'll put most of it together and then come by like did he really put all of that together in one night feckus if like that if he stayed out of the movie if he stayed up all night and was diligent perhaps i'm not saying he did i'm saying it's plausible I mean, if he really busted maybe. his ass, because when I when I did it, mm. I had I, I was watching Star Wars movies in the background and drinking mm. beer. So I, I Ned probably wasn't drinking beer, right? Right. Maybe he was more focused than I was and was mm-hmm. di- just diligent. So sure. it, it's plausible. Okay. Okay. But but whew, yeah, I feel that, like if you're gonna storm through it like that, you're not enjoying the Lego experience. Right. Right. That's just my two cents. Yeah. So that did it did take me out of the no movie, no I don't blame it, you. Uh, I don't blame yeah. You. That dropped it from like a nine to, to about a seven <laughs> for me. But, um, it's generous. Yeah. Anyway, that's ridiculous. So, um, we have a lot to talk about with this movie and we're going to be as broad as we can and then we'll dive into a more thorough spoiler section. So, uh, what did you think of Michael Keaton and, and his, his turn as Vulture? I, I thoroughly enjoyed Michael Keaton. Uh, you know, he's, he's really come out lately and just done some stellar stuff. Mm hmm. And I thought he was very menacing yeah. as the villain, and at the same time, very understandable. Mm-hmm. Like I really loved the background of how he became who he was. Yeah, and I, I loved the start. Are we gonna talk about his his start? Because it sets. Um, it is the opening of the movie, so yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Okay, yeah. so you know he operates a cleanup crew that has gotten contract to clean up. Uh, the New York event right. from the first Avengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, government uh, goons come in and take over and pretty much put yeah. Michael Keaton and his crew on his ass. Yeah, with Tyne Daly, which I thought was an interesting choice. Like, the, she just randomly came, the actress Tyne Daly, she just She'll, popped given, up. Given that that organization's kind of prominent, I see mm-hmm. her coming back into another movie that's, at some point. That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah, I mean, she has a full name and everything. I don't yeah. think she was named in the movie. But, no, uh, she, she was, because uh, she's a comic book character. I can't remember what Oh, okay. What her, what her I forget what her name is, but... Gotcha. Anne-Marie Hogue? Hogue? Yeah. But um, but she, I, I imagine that crew will come back so, but sure. so it was. It was a good way to see the motivation behind uh, Michael Keaton's character. Yeah, you know he he was he got pretty much bankrupted and screwed out of this uh, pretty much his job that was going to set him on financial street. Mm-hmm. And in the process, he kind of steals some tech from the Chitari invasion, and mm-hmm. you know becomes an underground uh, criminal weapons yeah. manufacturer. So now. I, I enjoyed Keaton and his motivations. I, I thought he was pretty well fleshed out villain. Me too. And, and I really like how that it became so closely tied to the Marvel cinematic universe and everything. It's just like, it's like you said, it's like his creation of his, of his villain and everything is based solely on the, the uh, New York attack on New York or, or whatever the event or whatever. The, or as um, they say in the Netflix series, the, right. the New York event, the New York, the event. incident. Yeah. The incident. Yeah. Um, and so like, I, it's so, it's so clean because it's not like this over, like we're not over, um, uh, overdone with like a, a super really, really, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Really? Um, 
Oh, wow. Uh, we're not inundated with a very uh, convoluted origin story for a, for a villain, and it's not... Or just some, I want to rule the world because yeah. of reasons. I, right. You know, this, this guy's got a very natural progression of yeah. why he has become... You know what he is doing, and he he doesn't even see himself as really a villain. He right. just kind of sees himself as a guy that's trying to get his family yeah. uh, financially secure. Yeah, and I I like how that's not. I mean, it's not even like a. It's not like this huge thing. It's not like it's. It's not like oh he, we he has a sick kid or something, and that's why. Right. Yeah. It's not like this forced sympathetic thing. It's just like this is a dude. Who was doing a job, got taken off the job, decided to go into business for himself, and in the process, uh, became a villain. And I think that's just such a clean way to to introduce a villain. And Michael Keaton is so so good in it. He's, he is. He's, he's he's such a great actor. He is. He. It's it's weird seeing situations like this where you have a guy that starts his career off making some really good movies and mm-hmm. then midway through his career he's making jack frost and multiplicity yeah. and then out of nowhere hey, he hey comes wait out with- multiplicity is a national treasure yeah it's Fecus. not <laughs> i like pizza i like it no no it, she touched my peppy steve so but you know he comes out of nowhere uh in Birdman, kind of mm-hmm. and from there he just comes back it's like oh yeah we forgot that michael keaton is a great actor so. right and so i i'm loving i'm loving, I'm oh, loving yeah. his his you know refreshed career yeah oh yeah ah oh, and man he was so so freaking great in spotlight but um but oh, yeah yeah i forgot yeah, yeah he killed it in spotlight god Love that movie um yeah absolutely i watched it back in i rewatched it back in january and it's such a bummer of a movie but <laughs> the performances are so great um but yeah um so yeah, he was fantastic. Um, we got a lot of. Uh, you know, I just realized that you see Spotlight. Uh, three of the uh, four writers of Spotlight are Marvel characters. Yeah, Rachel McAdams was in Doctor Strange. Michael Keaton's right. the Vulture, and of course, you got the Hulk. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I'm trying to think of anyone else that could have been in it. No. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, no, Stanley um, Tucci's in it too. Oh uh, yeah, Stanley Tucci. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Maybe. Anyway, back yeah. on track. Well, clearly, Spotlight is, takes place in the Marvel, <laughs> Marvel Cinematic, Cinematic Universe. Universe right. <laughs> um, Jesus. <laughs> the Avengers going up against uh, Catholic Church pedophiles. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's about time they went after a real villain, <laughs> right? <laughs> That scene, <laughs> that scene where like Mark Ruffalo's big scene, like I just imagine him hulking out, <laughs> just grabbing the Pope and slamming him around. <laughs> Puny God. God! Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is that is lovely. That's lovely. <laughs> um. Anyway, this is my official headcanon, by the way. But um. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so, um, the performances were great. Uh, the plot I thought was handled very well. There was such a great infusion of comedy with this movie that is so genuine and so true to life of uh, an awkward teenager thing. Like, even like, um, the scenes, I won't reveal like much about it, um, but like the scenes, at the school that show like show like the uh the like high school um TV announcements and stuff. Oh yeah. So like freaking gold. It was like that like, was perfect. And it was funny so too if, if you if you caught it uh Betty Brand. I did, yeah. Know. 
future uh, receptionist <laughs> for J. Jonah Jameson. Right, right. Uh, although I, I know it's supposed to be like a a sign a science a mathematics preparatory academy, mm-hmm. so not a typical high school. It's just sure. it's hard for me to buy Flash as his bully because <laughs> yeah. you know in the, in the original comic books, you know Flash <laughs> is some big jock bully, and now yeah. it's just some skinny twerp kid that's apparently a dj too so i, right. I don't know was, i i didn't buy flash as the boy I, I bought him as a dick I'll, I, gi- I'll give him that but i did too and and yeah he was played by uh i have him right here tony uh revelory uh who he was zero in the grand budapest hotel he was also in dope and some other movies. Oh wow, he was in dope, wasn't he? Yep. Um. So and and yeah, that was one thing that I wasn't too keen on, really. I mean, um, it didn't bother me. I just yeah. I, I found it funny. You know, this new iteration of Flash. Yeah, I thought it was slightly, <laughs> like almost like, like I was sitting there watching and I was like, is. Is Flash, is Flash in love with Peter Parker? <laughs> like, it felt a little bit like, like kind of depressed, like homoeroticism. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So I thought that that was that was kind of like it fit well, like it fit fine for me because I don't need. Well, it's it's funny. It's like what, what's yeah. Flash's motivation to be dick? Are you making fun <laughs> of Peter Parker for being a smart nerd? Because right. that's, what, that's what your school is—a bunch yeah. of smart nerds. But yeah. But I think the actor did a good job. No, he did. He did a fine job. It's just, it it, it wasn't enough to distract me or make me criticize. Right. Funny. And I like that it wasn't like, kind of one of the things that I really liked about the movie is how it depicted high school and and everything, because it has this kind of cheeky, like kind of tongue in cheek thing to it where like, yeah, Flash is a bully. He's constantly a dick to Peter and everything. And it's not this overly dramatic thing like it's not like it's not like uh like peter's not like oh uh, like he's not moping about because flash is picking on him or anything it's just like it's almost like to it's almost to a comedic effect but it's also like okay this guy's a dick but you know it's high school you're gonna have it's high school yeah you know i just kind of you know realize something homecoming is typically a dance uh, for a football uh, game, homecoming game. Yeah. Um, I don't think the science and preparatory school is going to have a football team. <laughs> it's plot hole, Marvel. Plot right? hole. Uh, they certainly didn't. Uh, I don't see yeah. football players in that right. movie. <laughs> anyway. Well, they, I mean, I can see them like using football, like mathing it out a little bit. Like, okay, well, the plays are done this way. You know, maybe get some maybe, annexation. Maybe it was the academic. Decathlon, yeah, homecoming. Even yeah. though they went to Washington D.C., right. not really home. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, what did you think of the Washington D.C. No, oh, that that stuff was great. Oh, yeah. Um, the oh, yeah. the big set piece with the uh, Washington Monument was great. Mm-hmm. I loved the part where the teacher goes up to Zendaya and uh, is like, uh, w- "Why aren't you going?" To-? Oh, I was like, "I'm not really interested in mining <laughs> yeah. built by slaves." He's like, "It wasn't." And looks at the security guard. The security guy's like, "Yeah." yeah. That, I I thoroughly <laughs> loved that part. That was great. Um, um, once they uh, unlocked some things with the suit, I loved the mm-hmm. interaction between Peter and the, and the suit computer. Yes. I thought that was fun. That Me was a too. Lot of fun. Me too. So. I, I loved that. And, uh, and yeah, one thing about – you mentioned the teacher. And this movie, like Peter and all the kids, they're like kids. Like 
Uh, Tom Holland is like 21 he, in yeah, real he's, life. I think he's 20. Yeah. I think he's 20. Well, I was listening to him on the Nerdist. Oh, he was okay. about to 21. 21 but um, no, they, they 20 at the time of Very recording. much represent high school of age filming. kids. Done yeah. Finally. But my kind of thing is just for me, it kind of made me have a small like uh, existential crisis to see that Martin Starr was like the was the science teacher in the movie. And I'm like, this dude was like he was in Freaks and Geeks when like I was maybe uh, I think he's like, uh, I don't know how much older he is than I am. People age, Matt. I don't like it. I don't like it. I just I've always been bothered by this. Oh, my God. Can you believe how old it? Yes, I I can believe because I know that the Earth uh, (laughs) rotates around the sun and equals one year and time passes. I, I understand how the time goes. I just want every he's he's three years older than me. Um, I just want everyone to be the same age that they were so that I don't feel like I'm getting old. Like I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm 31. I'm, I'm 33, Matt. I have some, I have some gray. I have a lot yeah. more gray than you. And you know what? I, I, I'm okay with it. I, no, no one gets out of this alive, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I'm, when I'm an old fuck like you are, <laughs> like you are, maybe I'll come to peace with it. Drink you under the table. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, okay, so yes, um, we can kind of dance around some non-spoiler stuff, or we can just dive right into yeah, it. just dive right spoilers. In. Okay, so before we do that, just overall thoughts: where do you place this in the Marvel Cinematic oh, Universe God, and the know. Spider-Man franchise? <laughs> Spider-Man is... franchise, I'll say right now, it's probably the best Spider-Man movie out there mm-hmm. amongst the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's not better than any either of the Avengers movies. It's not better than Winter Soldier or Civil War. Uh, I like Guardians better. It's probably high middle road. But okay. that's – I hate saying – when you say middle road, you usually think average. It's not right. an average movie. It's a yeah. very good movie. It's just the MCU is full of very good movies. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. It, it It's comparable to, to Doctor Strange. Bet, okay. Probably de- better than Doctor Strange in my mm-hmm. opinion. Nice. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'd, I'd agree. I would think I would probably rank it a little bit higher. Um, but yeah, it, it's such a fun, fun time. Like I, uh, last night I was, uh, I had to do some stuff for work and everything. So I didn't get a chance to do this, but like, I was seriously thinking like I, I could go to the theater right now and rewatch this movie and be completely okay with it and like i was rationalizing my head like well it'd be nice to get another viewing in before we talk about it on the podcast (laughs) but like i haven't gone to the theater to see a movie twice uh it's been probably since interstellar i can't remember Um, the last time i did and i was thinking about that the other day like Mm -hmm. how how often not i that used to be a thing with me like i'd go back multiple times and see certain movies and Mm -hmm. i just i can't First of all, there's a lot of movies that I want to try to go see, so I kind I mm-hmm. kind of feel bad. Yeah. So I don't I, I can't honestly remember the last time that I saw no. a movie. I didn't. Even, I don't even think I saw Deadpool twice. I think wow. I yeah. I actually, now that I think about, it, I think mine was. I don't know if I saw Rogue One twice. Maybe I did. You know what? That'd be it for me. Rogue yeah. One. Rogue One would be the last one that yeah. I saw twice. If it wasn't Rogue One, then it was definitely Force Awakens because I saw that like four times. <laughs> yeah, um, I saw that three, I think. Yeah. But uh but yeah, so in th- that's something that like like yeah, I was thinking yesterday I could totally go see it. And then like in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, well, uh I need to watch War for the Planet of the Apes. I need to go see Yeah, you do. Um I I really need to see that. I'm gonna try to hopefully see it this weekend, I think. I don't know. 
I don't know. I'm like super busy, but anyway, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I completely forgot to talk about Shocktober and Remington. I'll yeah, you'll you'll take it at the end. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably put it up to the front too. Yeah, but fair enough. Anyway, um, so yeah, so yeah, so I just I just had a lot on my plate and everything, but this is a movie that I would love to see again in the theater. I mean, I'll own it a- anymore. Yeah. <sighs> Home video quality is so high anymore yeah. that it doesn't bug me that I can't catch a movie in the theater a couple times. Sure. I have a, a you know, Blu-ray, or actually mm-hmm. I have a, a 4K Blu-ray player now. Oh, nice. Although Disney's not releasing their movies in 4K for some reason. Um, but, you know, I, I have a great setup. So sure. it's not like a theater, but it's mm-hmm. as best as I'm going to get. So it's, sure. it's, it's good enough. Yeah. And uh, on that note, we'll dive into spoilers. But first, I just want to say that, uh, I mean, if you can afford, you know, 4K and like a nice setup and everything, you can definitely go to uh, uh, wow. Shocktober and Irvington. I was actually going to say obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Uh, oh. Donate to the podcast. Um, you can either do a uh, PayPal donation or become a Patreon um, uh, patron like our friend Tony Troxel recently did. Um, and yeah, or you can go to our T public store and buy official obsessive viewer and anthology and Shocktober and Irvington, uh, merch. Um, so, you know, you can, you can get your obsessive very own viewer, the flamethrower. Spaceballs. Oh yeah. I have not seen Spaceballs since oh. I was like a kid. Well, that was a waste of on you. Yeah. Yeah. Ha <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Someone else out there will have found that funny. I'm sure. Yeah, that's a, that's a movie I really need to I need to see again because I I remember nothing about it. Um, but anyway, yeah. So obsessiveviewer.com/slash/donate and also shocktoberandirvington.com. Uh, tickets are on sale for Shocktober and Irvington. We have done a terrible job of promoting it on the podcast because our releases have been so infrequent and our recording has been so staggered. But uh, Shocktober and Irvington tickets are on sale this year. It is on October sixth at the Irving Theater here in Indianapolis. Tickets right now are on sale for six dollars. Uh, that's the early bird pricing. So, uh, from now until September 4th, uh, they're six dollars. And if you use the promo code podcast one, you can get one dollar off on that. So you'll pay five bucks after September 4th. The price will go up to eight bucks, but you'll still be able to do the podcast one promo code. But yeah, so buy your tickets at shocktobernervington.com. We had a meeting last week, um, about it. And like, I am so pumped for this year because like, I think that we i think it's going to be the best year yet honestly oh, good so, deal yeah yeah have you did you go to you went to yeah, i went to the second one you went to the second one right, i had to right. work last year but i that's right i hopefully plan to attend this year yeah well it is october 6th so mark your calendars guys yeah um yeah and we got some pretty cool like like i designed a flyer that i'm super proud of so i'm super excited about that but anyway yeah sharktimernerington.com Check it out, and uh, yeah, we hope to see you guys there. And so now we're going to dive into spoilers for Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, So we're going to play a little clip from the trailer, and then we will dive right into spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, turn this off, go watch it, come back and listen to it, or if you don't care about spoilers, just continue listening. Did Liz get a new top? No, we've seen that before. Never with that skirt. She probably stops staring before it gets creepy, though. Too late. You guys are losers. So to become an Avenger, are there like trials or an interview? Just don't do anything I would do. And definitely don't do anything I wouldn't do. 
There's a little gray area in there, and that's where you operate. Oh. All right. That's not a hug. I'm just grabbing the door for you. All right, kid. Good luck out there. I'm Listen, I know school sucks. Peter, you still with us? Uh, yeah, yeah. I know you want to save the world, but... All right, so spoilers are on for Spider-Man Homecoming, and there's a lot to discuss with spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Peter Parker's Spider-Man. Yes, you know, it, it's interesting. You know, Peter Parker is... Didn't the, see that coming. I, I didn't either. I'm, I, you know... Clearly idiots. Yeah. Um, uh, the first thing I want to mention, we mentioned Zendaya um, earlier in the non-spoiler review. What did you think of the of the Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, Christopher I, Nolan they, moment? They should have left that out. That was, that was stupid. Yeah. You either make her Mary Jane or don't. Mm-hmm. We don't need her to be a pseudo Mary Jane. Yeah. If they just want to make her Zendaya, what, what was her character's name? Michelle. Michelle. If they just want to make her Michelle... Fine, because mm-hmm. I I thought she was a fun character. Oh yeah, she wasn't Mary Jane Watson. Right, she she was a completely different character. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, I don't even know why I'm mentioning this. When Zendaya <laughs> was cast, everyone's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, we could have a a Tanner Mary Jane Watson." Uh, She's I don't even know what what's Zendaya. She is she mix. I actually don't know what her. Well, regardless, because I don't see color. It, it, well, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't matter what her ethnicity is. The fact right. that people were bitching about. You know, fuck, fuck you, Internet. That's all right. I got to say. Oh, anyway, yeah. she she did a great job. I thought she was a lot of fun as Michelle. So I mm-hmm. did not see the need for the whole MJ thing. I thought that was tacked on and silly. Yeah, I, I uh, the reason I mentioned that it's like uh, I made the comparison. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, yeah, uh, her father is African-American. Her mother is white but has German, Irish, English, and Scottish ancestry. Um so anyway, uh, yeah, when I, when I saw that, like, it was a fun, like, kind of the same, same way that I felt about, um, the, the scene in the kind of, uh, similar scene the in Dark The Dark Knight Rises. Rises. Again, it was like, I, it's a fun, like, I could have done without that one and that too. There's yeah. no, there's no need. He's not Robin. <laughs> He's not. And I, she's not Mary Jane. Right. You know, it's funny because, like when I saw the Dark Knight Rises, I was like kind of all about that. I was like, that is such a cool way to incorporate this somewhat cheat, not cheesy character, but this kind of like incorporate this, this sidekick character in a, in a kind of, you know, serious, gritty interpretation of it. Like I thought like, that's a cool way to do it. Then now that I've read more, much more like uh, Batman comics, I'm like, Kind of thinking, like, was that really necessary? It, it wasn't because it wasn't. First of all, yeah. it's not like you're setting up anything for the next movie. It's right. the end of a trilogy. Yeah. So it's just, it's just randomly naming some character Robin mm-hmm. for for no reason. Sure. sure. And I love that movie, but yeah. that part, ugh, it's just, mm-hmm. I'm stupid. And the MJ thing sure. is, my friends call me MJ. Yeah. Uh, I- I kind of had a like a moment, like it was or, more like. Oh, I'm a, sorry. What are your friends called? You don't have friends, but you can call me MJ. I, yeah. Regardless, I it's silly. Yeah. Pointless and silly. I I laughed at it and I I enjoyed it, but yeah, it, not much of substance to it for me. Um, I, I think like, I'm pretty sure I groaned and rolled my eyes. Did you? Uh, yeah. I just okay. had no use for it. But the character of Michelle, I th- I thought she was fantastic. Oh, she was great. She was I awesome. Thought she was a fantastic job. Yeah. And I, I knew nothing about who Zendaya was before this. Me too. But now, yeah. now I'm like, I, I'm looking forward to seeing her and other things. Same here. I thought she did a great job, and I love the character. Yeah, there was a scene where, um, and I was going to post this on the Facebook 
group if I could find the uh, gif of it, which I don't think we got many responses in the Facebook group, if any, for that. So that's why we didn't talk about it. But anyway, um, the scene where they're at the party and like, I, I don't just her, her, um, her demeanor throughout the movie is such a, such a fun, a fun, like, I don't give a shit kind of character yeah. thing. It's, it's such a fun, like, interaction in each interaction and everything but like we're like you see i think it was at was it at the party or at the at the at the dance i don't know but where uh peter sees sees them and sees like ned and i think alice and and uh zendaya and then like ned and everyone like like they wave at wave at him and then and she flips him Zend- off yeah like that she was, starts that, yeah, that was, and goes and flips him off homecoming. i was like that's so great right it was the homecoming, was the homecoming dance. dance um the football <laughs> homecoming dance um but yeah i i thought i thought she was great and uh yeah we also got uh quite a bit of john favreau as happy hogan i i, I thought i love those interactions too me too i thought that was a lot of fun yeah um me too and and it's great to see him i'm i love john favreau i do too I thought, you can't you great. can't not like john favreau oh yeah oh yeah even when he's playing a complete asshole like in i love you man he's still like he's still so great yeah. so great but uh i love the interactions with with him and and peter and all the phone call scenes i thought were just top notch um and then also <laughs> speaking of ties to the marvel cinematic universe and everything uh the captain america things oh those are great <laughs> so those are so good they were so amazing yeah like that first I, one in the i love gym. what the gym teacher's like <laughs> I, he might be a fugitive now right. i don't know <laughs> those, as Hannibal Burns, so right? Great. Hannibal Burns. Yeah, and I was so happy to see him in it because he he's he's fantastic. He, I like him he's too. Amazing. He's a good comedian. Um, <laughs> yeah. So and the 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 very uh, meta uh, one at the very end. Yeah. This, yeah. The, what are you expecting? Uh, yeah, that was great. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I was a huge fan of the uh, the Captain America cameo. Oh yeah. Did you catch through the the the, uh, the principal? Oh, um, he's clearly a descendant of one of the Howling Commandos. Oh man, was he? Was he one of the Howling? He Commandos? was one of the Howling Commandos. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, Kenneth Choi. Yeah, he played. Uh, okay, what was the name of his character in Captain America? Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, wow! Holy shit! That is so awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, when I saw him, I was like, "Oh, that's a fun little nod back to Captain America." That's so cool. So his, I, I was, I was a fan of that. Yeah, because like it's, it's, yeah, that's what is it, it? like. His character's name in Captain America was Jim Morito or Morita. Mor- yeah, that's what I. That's and what like I, in Spider-Man: Homecoming, he's Principal Morita. Yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, I, I was, I was a big fan of seeing him in there. So I thought that was a fun little nod. That's fantastic. I did not, I did not pick up on that at all. Because I mean, it's been so long. Since since I've seen Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, man, that's so great. Yeah. Um, also, uh, once he gets the suit upgrades and stuff and unlocks it and everything, uh, Karen slash suit lady, um, the voice, uh, I love, I loved this. It's, uh, it was voiced by Jennifer Connelly. Was it really? Oh yeah. And I love that because she's she Paul Bettany's wife oh is she really yeah I know so that. i love that like you know it's it's jarvis's wife essentially <laughs> like in real life like that uh, she was also yeah. in hulk oh yeah that's right right uh, oh yeah okay yeah not, yeah not, she was in not the incredible hulk. Hulk. she was incredible in hulk. hulk yeah that's right um which i still haven't seen that don't, don't. yeah don't 
don't, don't, don't. Um, would you say that I should? Um, <laughs> you think? Do you think I should, Eric, banna that from my <laughs> uh, why viewing? Why laugh at that? From my nonsense. From my <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Very clever. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, yeah. So let's see. So let's talk about set pieces. Um, before we do that, actually, the recap. The the beginning scene. Oh, of him filming everything. That was fantastic. That was amazing. First of all, I just want to say that it's amazing, like storyboarding mm-hmm. to to be able to have the, like him filming. Yeah. The, the fight scene from Civil War. Mm-hmm. Like that. That was amazing. Yeah, I kind of wonder if maybe they. I wonder if they did any filming for it. Maybe I don't know. Did uh, that. I mean, you almost feel like they would have had to. Yeah. But I mean, the way that technology is these days. Yeah, I mean, true. You know. Very forward thinking that they did. But yeah, that right. I, I thought the home movie part was, was fantastic. So great. And such a great way to introduce or reintroduce us to Peter Parker as a character and get like his vibe and everything. And like just the energy that he has. And that is just, it's so great. It's so fantastic. Um, I liked his Happy Hogan uh, interaction there. It's like, you can carry that up. Uh, you don't have to. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, and that kind of propels us into the plot of the movie where Peter's just waiting for his next assignment or the next mission, and Tony and, and Happy are kind of keeping him, you know, He's at bay. And Happy is his handler. Yeah. And I love that because we get a lot of different action kind of set pieces and different uh, different types of Spider-Man isms in the movie. And I really like the the first kind of montage we get is him basically doing his daily like patrol and doing his just general like, oh, I'm friendly neighborhood Spider-Man thing. Um, I loved that just because, I mean, I don't think I can ever. OK, I'll, I'll phrase it this way. Um, Every Spider-Man movie, like, they can be different quality and everything. Like, Spider-Man 1 and 2 doesn't hold up that well. Spider-Man 3 is kind of a dumpster fire. Two Amazing Spider-Mans are just kind of forgettable. But there's something about just seeing Spider-Man swinging through the city and and fighting crime and stuff that's still just so fun and such a great thing to watch. If there's one thing that every Spider-Man movie has done well, it has been the web slaying. They, yeah. they, they've all done a very well, good job of mm-hmm. cinematically showing him, you know, you know, swing through the entire city. And yeah. it, it, it's just, it's a unique way to view the city because, you mm-hmm. know, you basically have this guy just like flinging himself from building to building. So it's, right. it's a lot of fun. And oh, yeah. it, so they, they've all done a really good job of that. <laughs> and I, and I love, I love the suburb, thing oh oh yes it's so great that was fantastic (laughs) like even so much as him just like he just does it like he he web slings and just doesn't do anything he's like oh yeah (laughs) i've i've always made the observation that any like if spider-man would have become spider-man like kansas he'd be Mm. like the most useless superhero oh yeah absolutely no but yeah that uh, that was a lot of fun that little no guess he's not gonna do anything and then the long shot of him just running across the field. <laughs> oh, it's so great. But yeah, the, uh, the action scenes were great. Um, I really liked the kind of the very improvised feel 
of like because Peter Parker is not a seasoned crime fighter or anything like that. So he is learning as he's going and he's, you know, he is making mistakes. Like he falls on his face a lot. And it's just, it's very fun with the energy that Tom Holland brings to the, uh, uh, to the performance and yeah. to the, to the character. They, they did a really good job with the whole Spider-Man, uh, banter mm-hmm. while he's Spider-Man stuff. So I, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, let's see. So let's talk a little bit about Donald Glover. I enjoyed his very brief mm-hmm. uh, role. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious if it's going to lead to anything else. They they yeah. allude to him being related to Miles Morales. Do they, like it, is that like a in the in the My, Miles Morales is the ultimate Spider Man, right? So right. and uh, his character makes mention of he's got a, a nephew. In uh, in Brooklyn, sure. Or one, and they're referring to Miles Morales. Okay, so so it might just be like a little nod to the comic book fans, like, hey, you know, Mm -hmm. Miles Morales is a poor person in the MCU. Maybe he'll show up in later iterations. I don't know. Hmm. So it it was kind of a fun little nod, but I'm I'm curious if he's going to show up later on. But I enjoyed Mm -hmm. his short little. Yeah. Uh, stint in the movie. I liked his interaction uh, between him and Tom Holland on the. He's like, you're not, you're not very, coach. you're not very good, good at this, this part. Right, of the job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, give me, like, uh, it's like, let me give you some advice. You know, get better at this, at this part of the job. Yeah. And then when he, when he does the uh, webs him to the trunk, he's like, <laughs> like, come on, I got ice cream in here. <laughs> oh, it's so yeah. great. It was it was neat seeing Donald Glover doing something that wasn't something because I I mm-hmm. mainly know him from Community. Yeah. So it was it was fun seeing him not uh in such a comedic role, but more of a yeah. So I I, yeah. I liked his short stint. Me too. Me too. And then <laughs> I I don't know why, but recently I've just been having a lot of like thought experiments or like like thinking about like daydreaming about this kind of thing. But like I wonder like. If I were to go back in time when like the whole Donald for Spider-Man thing was going on, like like what if like I were to tell us back then saying like, oh hey, you know, in twenty in twenty seventeen you're gonna be watching a Spider-Man movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that has Donald Glover in it, <laughs> just to fuck with the past <laughs> a little bit, just to see like like just to get everyone excited about that. But yeah, anyway, um, yeah, I liked his his scenes too, and I thought his interactions with with Peter were great. Um, yeah, what I mean, what else is there? We were running kind of long. Well, you can talk about uh, Keaton's reveal as. Oh yes. So when he, I sh- I guess I I kind of feel silly that I didn't see it before it's one of that I realized twists. it. Yeah. What, like I I realized what was going to happen when Peter knocks on the door to pick her up. Okay. And right when he knocks on the door, I'm like, of course. Mm-hmm. How did I not see this coming? <laughs> and of course, Michael Keaton ends up being the father mm-hmm. of. Uh, Peter's love, love interest, interest, Alice. So that I, while I kind of am mad at myself for not catching it, sure. I still thought it was a cool little turn. It was, and it was, it was really well hidden in, in my opinion, because it, we, it, it, it really was. Yeah. Because we get the, we get like the opening scene of, of Michael Keaton showing like the, the drawing and stuff. And he's talking about his daughter and, like that's that's one of the things I really liked about the movie is that um it didn't give us like it gave us like it went that route to have him be her 
her father and it didn't go the route of like, oh, my daughter's sick. So that's why I have to do this or that's why I have to do this or anything. So he mentions like he has a family to provide for and everything. It's just very just kind of under the radar and everything. Um, The second that he opened the door, I I thought for a brief second, I thought like, did he kidnap Alice's family (laughs) or something? Um, But yeah, that was just that was. That was a really good reveal. Yeah. I, I really liked it. And the scene with Michael Keaton in the car in with the Peter car. was fantastic. So that, amazing. That was just such good dialogue. Absolutely. And Michael Keaton just, just kills it. In oh, scene. yeah. Yeah. Like you said, he is incredibly menacing. And, like, he doesn't – it's not even – It's, like, everyday menacing. Like it, Yeah. And, like, like in that scene when he, when he kind of looks back, like, he has the gun – yeah. Uh, up against it, but it's not like like he has such an energy to him, and he has he has such command of that performance that it's like the character doesn't need to point the gun in his face or anything. He just has it on the other side of the on the other side of the uh, of the of the seat, and it's just like and he's still like like terrifying yeah, in that. I thought that was intent- just like, he did really a great. great. Job. Oh yeah, and I I, I love the portrayal of Vulture, like his tech and oh, yeah. his abilities. I thought I, super fun, mm-hmm. a lot. Good stuff. I, I thought that was very well done. Oh, absolutely. And uh, what do you think of the big uh, camouflage plane set piece? Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, yeah. I, I really loved how Michael Keaton's character incorporated all the technology from the Chitari mm-hmm. uh, demolition into this tech. I, I thought yeah. it was really neat, especially the, uh, the device that kind of lets you go into, like, pretty much yeah. the, the open up a doorway between right. – uh, between areas, I thought that was mm-hmm. really neat. That was cool. Uh, so, I, the for lack of a better term, the heist of mm-hmm. the airplane, I thought the mechanics of that were were awesome. Yeah, so. and I like the reveal of it being, you know, the uh, tying into Happy and Tony right. moving out of Avengers Tower. I th- I thought that was that was really cool. Yeah. I also like that Tony's still working on tech for Captain America, even though they're uh, they're at odds. Yeah, that's sweet. That's sweet. That's sweet. Uh, the timeline of the movie doesn't really make that much sense uh, so. if you think about it. Um, I heard it on a podcast, so I'm, I'm going. Oh, because it, they've like, already had their facility up. Yeah. More. Well, it may, maybe they're just they made the point of saying in this movie that they're that they're, they're leasing the Stark tower out. Okay. So they have to move it somewhere. So That's I, I get what they're saying, but I also, it's like, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Sure. They, they come it doesn't up with break a, the movie. No, it doesn't. No. Um, not like the Lego breaking the movie. Did. <laughs> the <Lego's laughs> right. Right. Um, and yeah, the, yeah. Going back to the, uh, I guess we don't really need to say anything more about the Washington DC sequence. Um, it was a great sequence. It was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like the, the variety of the different set pieces and stuff and how it's not like we don't compared to other movies and compared to really within the context of this movie, we don't get a lot of like New York city, Peter, like New York city, Spider-Man saving the yeah, city swinging really around. It's like we get the, the truck heist, the plane heist, the Washington Monument scene, the suburb chase scene in the van. It's like the really only the New fair, York thing you Island have Ferry. is the uh, the robbery of the uh, ATM vestibule. Yeah, which I I loved that uh, uh, that that setup early on with the with the uh, the deli or the grocery store or whatever it is uh, scene. And God damn it, the dialogue in that is so great. Where oh. 
where the guy where the guy's like, "Oh, hey, how's your how's your Aunt May?" Yeah, um, <laughs> so great. And then like he says that in uh, he says he says in Italian or whatever so, says like, "Oh yeah, he's she's or I don't remember what language it was." Um, oh, he has sh- a really hot Italian yeah May, or, uh, aunt. And then I think Peter says in that language i think he says like how's your daughter yeah, <laughs> by the way it's so great like yeah i love the ongoing oh. joke that everyone knows that yeah. is pretty banging yeah and when she gets like free food and, yeah in the restaurant that's right. i forgot about that scene oh, <laughs> so great yeah this movie was such a blast like it was fun it was yeah like i don't think i consistent i I mean, I consistently laughed throughout the entire thing. It, it reminded me a little bit of like Deadpool in terms of like the laughs per minute. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, different types of comedy and everything, but it was still like I found it hilarious. I don't like, think it was quite as frequent as Deadpool, but really, yeah. yeah. For me, maybe, was, maybe I have to go back and rewatch it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah maybe yeah. Yeah, whatever. Um. Yeah, and I, I enjoyed the scene at the end too with Michael Keaton in prison. Oh yeah, and, uh, was that setting up more of a Sinister Six thing? Cause no, I uh, well, it, no. well, yes, it's setting up a villain, the Scorpion, okay. who is part of the Sinister. I don't think okay. that's setting up Sinister Six. I, gotcha. I think that's just a nod that hey, look, this villain's in the in the universe. Okay, but I I liked it because it it still shows that Michael Keaton has some morality. With yeah, him. you know, he's appreciative I, that. You know, his daughter is alive and that he is alive. And right. because of that, you know, he's, you know, someone has had the theory is like, well, you know, he's not going to tell the identity because he wants to kill Peter. No, I don't see it like that. No, I see it as, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to fuck with this kid. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a good kid and he's saved my life. He's right. saved my daughter's life. So I, I enjoyed that little scene in prison. Me too. Me too. And I, and he's still like, He's still an intimidating guy. It's like if I if I knew if I knew who Spider Man was, I would he would I would have killed him or something yeah, like that. Yeah. It's just like it's such a matter of fact way, and uh, and it just speaks volumes about the character. It's it's a great it's a great arc that character throughout the beginning and and end of the movie. Um, and also, I, in as bit as it was, uh, the scene you have with Alice and Peter at the end, mm-hmm. it's it's showing while. Peter did the right thing and he saved the day. There's still some consequences to right. to other people in the world, and showing that interaction between him and uh, Alice's mom, I thought was kind of showed that pretty well. Yeah, and it's still and it's so it's so uh, normal and, and grounded too. Like it's compare it to like um, like in the original. Sam Raimi trilogy where it's like, okay, well he has to give up MJ because he has the responsibility of, of being Spider-Man and everything. It's this very kind of almost over dramatic kind of thing. But here it's like, Oh no, she's moving. Cause they don't, cause his dad doesn't want to be in, uh, want them to be for the trial or and all that stuff. And like, it's very legitimate, legitimately like they will have to relocate and start over right, yeah. for like ever. And like, he has to carry that with him and everything. Um, and that also kind of brings me to another point that uh friend of the show Tony Troxel from uh Geeking in Indiana uh podcast or at Did he not Indiana like it? Geeking. Well, uh he's at Indiana Geeking on Twitter. He wrote a he does a Media Monday post on on his blog at uh geekinginindiana.com and he he wasn't as crazy about it as a lot of people were and part of it was that he um I meant to bring up the post here but he had said that he felt like the movie, while it was fun and, and, 
and everything, it was missing that that with great power comes great responsibility thing about it. Like it was more like a teenage Peter Parker with superpowers and not like a teenage Peter Parker with superpowers that's struggling with the new responsibility of, of, you know, man, I, 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 I kind of disagree with them because I feel mm. like it shows the consequences of mistakes being made at such a high level of Peter trying to help. Mm-hmm. Like had it not been for Tony, people on that ferry would have died. Um, right. The responsibility of trying, if, you know, he could have let, vulture die but he you know he he saved his life but there are still consequences i i don't need to be told with great power comes a great response i know that's the famous mm-hmm. line but i feel like the movie itself shows a good does a good job of showcasing stakes are high when you want to uh help in such a high capacity and i feel like that's what tony's trying to say is like hey look you need to get your feet wet before you come in to the big to the big leagues yeah and and I can definitely see that and that's that's a fair point uh I'll actually just go ahead and read this excerpt from Tony's post um he says I'm uh quote I mean I'm thrilled we didn't get yet another rehash of the death of Uncle Ben but that doesn't mean we have to also ignore the lessons he learned from that experience and how in my mind it caused him to start acting a bit more mature and thoughtful instead we get Peter wanting to drop out of school skip out on tests all to do his superhero bit even when there's no actual superheroing to be done while this shouldn't have taken me out of the film it kind of was nagging at me through most of it um but yeah i can i can see that like your point it he does have that responsibility or he does have that um he is thrust into this into this urge to to help people and that's what's being kept at bay by tony and and happy um yeah how about pepper pots yeah I was surprised because I didn't think Gwyneth Paltrow wanted anything to do with yeah. the cinematic universe at all. And I feel like they, obviously, I felt like the MCU was distancing themselves from her anyway with yeah. Civil War uh, when they kind of were on a hiatus, and then there she is. So. Right. Yeah. Wow. And I love that. I love that moment too, where he's like, "I've got reporters there." Right. And yeah. He's like, "Was this a test?" And it's like, "Yeah, you passed." And then it's like, <laughs> "What are we gonna do?" <laughs> Um. I, yeah, I, it, it I seemed like that. kind of like it could have been a nod to to the press conference that uh, Tony holds with Spider Man and Civil War. Oh like yeah, the, the I comic kinda, book, the Civil War. I kind of was wondering that too, yeah. if that had some tie into that or some nod to that. Because uh, I know I, I've I haven't read, I haven't read Civil War or anything yet, despite saying for years that I I will read it. Have you not read? I thought I, didn't I, I thought I'd loan that to you. No, I don't. No, I hope you didn't. No, you didn't. You definitely didn't. Mm. But I'll um, it it's a good book. It's, okay. a good, it's a good read. Right on, right on. Um, but yeah, I, I do know like the iconic like panel of of you know the conference with the mask off and all that. Right. Um, and as we all know, the MCU has been pretty diligent of not really giving a shit about secret identities right. anyway. Right. Yep. Um, to be fair, though, if. Peter were to have joined the Avengers, according to the Sokovia Accord, he would have had to reveal his secret identity anyway. That's true. So. Yeah. Well, there, there, that is. Uh, what do you think about the idea of it being a trilogy, and that each movie should is going to be like, like this was sophomore year, next year is going or next movie is going to be junior year and senior year. Uh, I'll, I'll take the movies as they come. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's Marvel. They'll. They'll make sequels until it's not profitable. So yeah. I fully expect oh, yeah. more sequels, and I just hope that they up, you know, stay up to the standard that uh, 
has been set. So same here. So and we'll uh, Tom Watts uh, officially is on board for Spider Man Homecoming two. Spider-Man. It won't be Homecoming too. I'm I know. Sure. What do you think it'll be? Do you think they'd follow that kind of thing, like Spider-Man? No, I'm sure they'll have some Sadie Hawkins dance. <laughs> <laughs> Prom, right? No, I. What I, I do like how the directors come out and said that he wants to do uh, villains that have not yet been it. Uh, oh in, yeah, in the film. So I, I'm looking forward to that. There's yeah. a couple of villains I'd like to see come into play. So any in particular like, that you want to say? I want to see Craven. Okay, Craven the Hunter. I sure. think. That'll be fun. I think the, you could do him in a very, uh, very fun way with MCU. So. Sure. Thank you. Be. It, it can't happen because we don't have villain, but I'd love to see Carnage. Oh, yeah. But I think Carnage has already been slated for the Venom film anyway. Right. So. And what do you think of the Venom? No, I'm all about it. Really? I, first of all, Tom Hardy, mm-hmm. you could put him in the remake of multiplicity and i'd go watch it i am really upset with your (laughs) deriding comments about multiplicity i mean like michael keaton that's like his five roles in that movie yes (laughs) like it's his nutty professor to the clumps (laughs) um oh well let's let's not get ahead of ourselves like it's a good movie but it's not the clumps good (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm excited for the Venom movie. I love the no. villain, uh, and the fact that they make it want to make a, a survival horror film. Oh yeah, makes it even more intriguing to me. So yeah, I just don't make it. You know, make it Sans Spider Man in right. every sense of of the of the universe. Just make it Venom. Yeah, and I kind of get the sense that uh I I don't know. I think my hesitation to it, like like my limited experience with Spider-Man, like I really like the idea of Venom, uh, like from the cartoon and everything. I was all about I do, that. I do too. But um, if, first of all, universe or Sony's not going to release the character of Venom to Marvel. They're, right, just, they're right. just not. And so if I have to have, a, if I get a Venom and if I can have it without Spider-Man, I'll take it just because sure. I like, I like the character of Venom. Mm-hmm. So sure. Whatever. Okay. And yeah, that just makes me think that, I think part of my hesitation is that it's, it's more like it. It feels like Sony is is, again trying to, trying to start like you know their own, their own Spidey universe. I don't thing. think that's it at this point. At really? this point, I think it's them just trying to profit as much as they can out of the okay. rights that they currently hold. Gotcha. So gotcha. Th- that's what I. That's how I see it. And okay. if it gets me a Venom movie, I'll take it. Sure. As long as they're. You know, they stay reasonable with sharing mm-hmm. uh, Spider-Man with Marvel. Right. And I think we're all forgetting okay. the big heroes here with this whole Spider-Man movie is North Korea. For hacking <laughs> Sony and yes. letting loose the plans uh, <laughs> for the Sinister Sticks and thus getting mm-hmm. the fervor of anti-Sinister Sticks, allowing right. Marvel to negotiate with Sony. <laughs> so thank you, Kim Jong-un. Yes. Really, for for this hack. <laughs> uh, you, you did us all a favor and got, got us the best Spider-Man movie oh, yeah. so far. Oh, so yeah. Kim Jong-un, props. Right, right. Uh, yeah, we are. this podcast is going to be on a list and everything. Trump is coming for us. Um, Eye roll. We can um, always relocate yeah. to the democratic nation of uh, North Korea. Jesus. Or republics. The democratic, democratic republic, republic of, of North, North Korea. Korea. Yeah. Um, Jesus. Anyway. Um, hey, weed's legal there, right? That's 
sure, but I mean, that doesn't like get, all get right. to meet Dennis Rodman. Yeah, you know, get thrown into a labor camp and come out with a coma. Killed. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't gonna go that far because that's a little. But you know, yeah, that it's yeah. Anyway, um, now that we have. Lowered this. Veered off course a little bit. Veered off course here. Uh, let's talk again about the Dark Tower. No. Um, <laughs> uh, kind of final thoughts on Spider-Man Homecoming and 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 your feelings on it. Very good. Uh, best Spider-Man adaptation to date. And I look mm-hmm. forward to what they're going to do with, with him in uh, Infinity Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, hashtag samesies over here. Um, I, I loved it and I can't wait to see it again. And I'm excited to see what, uh, well, we've got Thor Ragnarok and then Infinity War. Is that uh, right? Thor, Thor, Black Panther, Black and, Panther, which, oh, oh, that's going to be good. Infinity War. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm especially after, um, Creed. Um, wow. What is the, uh, is it Ryan Coogler? Is that his name? I'm going to look that up because I, I are, can't. Are you talking about the director? The director. Okay. No, I don't know the director's name. Yeah. I thought you were talking about uh, Johnson. Oh, gotcha. Uh, no, uh, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. <clears throat> yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Michael um, B. Jordan. Let's see. Hang on. I think it's Ryan Coogler. Of course, I think Thor's going to be great, too. <laughs> oh, me too. Yeah, it is Ryan Coogler. But after seeing Creed, like the way that he filmed Creed, like the the boxing scenes and stuff like that, I'm really excited to see what he does with with a superhero movie with Black Panther. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh and yeah, so yeah, and Thor Ragnarok looks like it's going to it looks like it it honestly it looks like it's going to really uh Ragnarok. Shut up. <laughs> anyway, uh so yeah, so that's exciting and I think that'll do it for our review of Spiderman Homecoming. Spiderman Spiderman. Um, yeah. And also just real, real quick. I don't know what character, um, this actor was, is set to play, but I just saw today that, uh, um, Walton Goggins was cast in Ant-Man and the Wasp. I did see that as yep. well. So uh, I like him. I think he, mm-hmm. uh, he'd be good addition to that movie. Same here. I am a huge, huge fan of Walton Goggins. Of course, from uh, from the Shield and, and from his other work. Um, so yeah, uh, good stuff. Um, so yeah, so we are going to wind down. We have recorded for a while. Do you want to do a potpourri? Do you have a potpourri? It's eleven forty-two. Mm, I think we did enough potpourri at the beginning. We did, yes. So I'm excited for you to see the Dark Tower and uh, to donate to the podcast. And uh, to buy your Shocktober and Irvington tickets. I, I plan on buying a shirt if that makes you feel. Like oh, nice! Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because I get money when you do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. On, on a on, on just a quick note with the Marvel MCU mm-hmm. or the Netflix MCU, mm-hmm. I watched Iron Fist. Yeah, it I've was terrible. It things. was not good. And Ugh. I watching it. First of all, the the character. The character Danny Danny Rand and mm-hmm. like his portrayal was just so bland and bleh, who gives a shit and it, it got me to thinking of uh, Hangover Part Two when Stu's future father in law is giving the speech and talking about how he's comparing Stu to uh, rice pudding that his retarded brother loves so much. Oh, that's what I compare huh. Danny Rand to is like this wow. bland rice pudding. <laughs> Because it is. He's just a bland character. Everyone wow. in, the, in the series is bland. 
Like wow. Danny Rand is bland. The villains are bland Jeez. corporate, like rich people wanting to become richer for no apparent reason. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was such a boring, Did boring you series. Finish the season? Yeah, I finished okay. it because I want. I'm looking forward to the defenders. Yeah, but yeah, I need to, I need to watch Luke Cage and Iron Luke Fist. Cage is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iron Fist is just, it's a struggle. Okay. Yeah, it's not good. Okay. Well, that's a shame. Um, yeah. Uh, I have no quick potpourri or anything. Just want to say, uh, please go see the Dark Tower. <laughs> please. <laughs> I'm desperate. I I don't have much in my life going for me. I just man need this stake to be, in the movie. You know, I know, right? I'm I'm doing my part. Sony and MRC and Nikolai Arcel, Idris and and Matthew. You know. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I really hope that it's, it's great. Yeah, at, uh, I bet it will be financially successful. I, I, especially hope so. after the international market. I, I really hope so too. I really hope so too. And especially with the low budget, I think it'll be, it's, with $50 million budget. Yeah, I'm 50 sure. Or 60, I don't remember. I'm but. sure it'll make that in two weekends. Yeah, yeah. And also, I've already, like, I mentioned this at PopCon and everything, so I don't know if it's in the recordings or not, but real quick, like, I gave so much shit to all the Star Wars fans a couple of years ago when Force Awakens was coming out, saying like, "Oh, why are you buying like BB-8 stuff when you like? What if it's the next Jar Jar? Like, what if like, how, why are you so interested in everything?" I just want to formally apologize if I haven't already, because on behalf of Star Wars fans everywhere, we accept your apology. Okay, thank you, because I have, I have left my phone number and name at two different movie theaters to ask for their Dark Tower posters uh, if they have any left when they're done. What have their responses been to that? Uh, they were just like, give us your name and number and we'll call you or whatever. But I did, and when I was at uh, Southern Plaza to see Spider-Man, I saw that they had a, an alternate poster, one with Idris Elba on it, and I was just like, I'm, I'm, next time I'm there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to ask them for that poster. <laughs> that, and then uh, I've pre-ordered Funko Pops. I have... Uh, really, really been tempted to buy some of the more higher end action for, uh, or figurines. Like there's a couple that are like, I mean, they're like 45, I think 40 to 80 bucks. Oh, jeez. Which I'm not gonna buy until I am rich. And until I, like, if I love the movie, then I'll consider, consider it. But like, there's like an art of the, like behind the scenes, like art of the Dark Tower movie book that I want to get. And, uh, you know, they just announced the track listing for the soundtrack. So <laughs> super excited about that. So I'm sorry, Star Wars guys with your, your little, your little movie franchise. Um, and, uh, the Dark Tower is better than Star Wars. So, um, having said that, are we, are we done? <laughs> yeah, we're done. We are done, Matt. We're done. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah. Once again, Sharktober Nervington tickets are available at sharktobernervington.com and, uh, like the Facebook page and join the Facebook group at the uh, facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer. Also support the podcast on obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Having said all that, uh, next week, no idea what we're gonna, what we're gonna talk about. Um, cause I don't know when this is gonna release. Maybe next week will be the dark hour. I don't we're know. We're gonna talk about how much you loved War of the Planet of the Apes. Probably. I really need to see that and I really want to review it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so pumped to see that. Um, but yeah, so having said all that, thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time. Alone for one day. One day!
And you totally destroyed my life. We didn't destroy your life, Slick. You did. As a matter of fact, we were trying to save it for you. We were doing pretty good, too. We just had one bad day. One really bad day. We tried, Doug. We really did. It was a nightmare. She was unstoppable, Doug. It was unbelievable. It was like she couldn't get sat. <sighs> she touched my peppy, Steve. Thank you for listening to The Obsessive Viewer, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find more of our episodes at ovpodcast.com, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts are found. If you'd like to support the show, the best and easiest way is to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. More ratings and reviews means it'll be easier for people to find the show in the highly competitive film and TV podcast genre. It also provides us with valuable feedback on the show. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a one-time PayPal donation at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate or become a patron at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer for recurring donations with different reward tiers. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, notebooks, phone cases, and more, visit our Tee Public store. You can also buy other great Tee Public designs in our store, and we'll get a small commission on the sale. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. The Obsessive Viewer's theme song is An Eclipse of Events and is provided by Loudlight from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. You can find that and more great music from them on iTunes and like their Facebook page at facebook.com slash loudlikemusic. Any and all feedback on the podcast is encouraged. We love to hear from you guys. You can contact us by emailing podcast at obsessiveviewer.com or by tweeting us at obsessiveviewer, at obsessivetiny, and at I am Mike White. You can also like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash theobsessiveviewer where you can take part in discussions and polls between episodes. For more podcast content, check out Anthology, Matt's solo podcast, where he's reviewing The Twilight Zone as a first-time viewer and exploring other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows. You can find Anthology at anthologypod.com and anywhere podcasts are found. For book lovers, you can check out our sister site at obsessivebooknerd.com for book reviews, author spotlights, and a general celebration of reading. Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com and subscribe to the podcast on the app of your choice. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.